This is Focal Point, the podcast where we discuss the artists, themes, and processes that define and sometimes disrupt the world of contemporary photography. I'm Kristen Taylor, curator of academic programs and collections with guests Kelly Connell and Kiba Jacobson. Kelly Connell is a photographer who has been creating the series Double Life for the past 18 years. In this series, model Kiba Jacobson plays two roles of women in a long-term relationship. Connell stitches together multiple medium format negatives to create striking compositions of Kiba in everyday and intimate moments with herself. The images reveal multifaceted questions on identity and notions of sexuality, aging, and gender roles. Today we are discussing a work they have each chosen from the museum's collection, as well as their experiences working together and their larger thoughts on the photographic portrait. is Kiba Jacobson and I am standing in the Museum of Contemporary Photography. The print that I've chosen to discuss is by Peter Cochran um, and it is titled For Michael Underscore. It is a landscape uh, looking image. I see a drop cloth that's a, it's a cloth that's draped and clamped up kind of like you would in a studio. A, like a seamless kind of swoop, um, but it has an image on it, and that's in the very center of the frame. Um, behind the swoop, the little cloth that's draped um, is a river, and then on the other side of the bank, we've got some smaller trees, and it looks like it's fall, because I don't see any leaves on the trees. It's a beautiful sea print, not a lot of bright colors, very natural color scheme. It's a dreary day. There's no real clouds in the sky and there's no blue. It's just um, almost looks as if it's a monochromatic print in a way. I'm Kelly Connell and I'm standing in front of a small eight by 10 color print made by Zachary Drucker and Reese Ernst. The photograph is entitled Relationship Number Two, Tillamook Dairy Parade. What we see here is a man and a woman sitting in front of a house waiting for a parade, or maybe the parade is already unfolding in front of them. It's a warm day, it's very sunny. Both individuals have sunglasses on. There are flowers blooming behind them in the yard. There's a dog actually sitting in the yard who's cropped. We can't see the dog's face, but he's also sitting watching the parade. It also appears to be a cool, crisp day. They're both wearing lightweight jackets, and uh, Zachary's hair is blowing gently in the breeze. All right, so welcome, and thank you both for being here today. Um, we've never had a photographer and model or photographer and their subject talk before on this podcast. And I'm excited because we always have conversations in the museum about that relationship between a photographer working in portraiture and their human subjects. So I want to start at the very beginning and ask you all how you met and how this project began. Great question. So uh, we met in uh, Denton, Texas at the University of North Texas, where we were both getting a degree um, our undergraduate photography degree, actually, years before we started this project. Is that when you started photographing together? or No, actually. So uh, 
we knew each other, but not too well as undergrads, I think. And then um, I took a year and a half off from school, and then I ended up moving back to the same town, Denton, for my graduate degree at Texas Woman's University. And um, I was working on new work, and it was kind of close to the end of my time at uh, working on my master's that I had an idea for a project. I didn't quite know what it was going to be, but because I knew Kiba and she still lived in Denton, um, I just asked if she'd be willing to be a model and we'd see where it where it went. Well, and I think there was that small book that you had as a project from Susan Grant yeah. that was to illustrate a fortune or yes. something like, and then I was your model for that. Yes. So you had modeled for me a couple times before I even started what eventually evolved it to be double life. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about modeling, Kiba? I know that you're also a photographer yourself, so I imagine you don't have a background in acting or theater, or do you? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. no, I don't. Um, being in front of the camera is, is pretty natural for me, um, and that's what I was doing when I was an undergrad, too, was photographing myself. And so it, it felt very organic, I think, that Kelly was started shooting me and maybe because we were friends and felt comfortable with with each other I was open to just doing whatever mm-hmm. doing whatever she wanted me to do yeah and it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah she Kiba is one of those people that is like a free spirit and very comfortable around anyone she meets mm-hmm. like uh, sometimes we'll even have um, I'll ask someone else to be a stand-in, and she's really easy, even with a stranger, to work with them in front of the camera. Um, but it's been such a pleasure working with her. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your process a little bit, since you just mentioned a stand-in. Um, can you tell people who maybe haven't seen your images before how you make your photographs? Sure. So when you look at one of my photographs, you typically see what appears to be two people in a relationship when really it's been the same one model photographed twice and digitally manipulated in Photoshop to appear like two people, but it's really Kiba who has played both uh, character A and character B or the two sides of the self as I like to think about it. So how we make the images are once we're on location at a uh, the place we've decided to make a shoot, everything is carefully choreographed, and um, we've thought about what clothing uh, both characters are going to wear. But I set up my medium format camera on a tripod, and then Kibo will wear one outfit, and I will wear the other outfit. Um, if I'm lucky, I have a stand-in who will you know, be able to wear the second outfit and I can stay behind the camera. But most of the time it's the two of us because I don't always have someone else that can be a stand-in. So we set my camera on self-time and then we act out different scenarios. So back when I was shooting film, because I've been working on this project since 2002, I would usually shoot one to two rolls of medium format uh, film with her dressed one way, and then we would change the film 
both change clothes. Sometimes in a cafe bathroom. <laughs> yeah, anywhere we yeah. could. And then uh, we would shoot the same scene as the opposite or other sides of the self or the other characters that you see in the relationship. Um, so after I would have the film processed, uh, or now I do shoot medium format digital, so which really does help. But once that process is complete, then I'm able to make some small collages. I actually like to do this physically uh, to cut up small proof sheets to see which figure on the left will work well with the one on the right. And then I can determine which two I'll be using to um, scan and manipulate <laughs> in Photoshop to create the final image. So I'm curious about your relationship as uh, a muse, too. So Kelly one time led a print viewing in the museum about this notion of the long-term muse and these photographers who are photographing a subject over several years or an extended period of time. So this project has been going on for, is it 17 years now or how long? Uh, since 2002, yeah. Yeah, wow, 18 years yeah, this year, years. which is great. So, and I also read about um, your series once in an interview, Kelly, that you said that if you were to make a portrait of Kiba, it would be very different than the way they look, that it's more self-portraiture. So I'm wondering why you are photographing Kiba and what it is about Kiba that's a muse and um, Kiba, how you sort of feel about that of, of I guess, yourself as a muse or mm -hmm. and seeing yourself in these images, how, how that is for you too. Yeah, I don't um, view the images at all, like in any way, as, as like a portrait of myself. Mm -hmm when I see the pictures. Um, so in that sense, other than I'm starting to see more definitions of lines and things like that in the face, et cetera, mm -hmm. gravity is starting to be a little bit more apparent <laughs> in the pictures now, unfortunately. But, you know, that's that's just on the – that's a physical thing. That's going to happen. Um, I can see age starting to happen. But besides that, like in a picture that she's created, I mostly am acting – as Kelly. So she'll describe the scene or the maybe it was a memory or something actually that happened. Um, and I'll just try and kind of get into her psyche, like, how would Kelly be? And she'll tell me, you know, okay, be really upset here. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I was doing this and sitting down and doing, you know, and so I'll just basically, um, she's the director mm -hmm. and um, the art director and the art direction and all of that. And then I just try and comply. <laughs> Sometimes interjecting little things yeah, or for sure. how about this or how about that? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, we mm -hmm. just, we kind of work in tandem that way once the shooting starts. But um, I see myself as, I, I enjoy the idea of it being amused just because I know artists need that. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty um, essential part of, of a lot of artists um, work. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, I don't know, it's, it's nice having that kind of, I don't know if it would be a title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, often uh, I like playing that part mm -hmm. though in these pieces. Yeah. And often Kiba gets just as excited as I do mm -hmm. about the work. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, like sometimes she'll text me a, a few weeks later asking, 
like which pictures worked, which mm-hmm. ones are they? Did that one work that we thought was going to work? Um, because I don't really know on the day of if it will work. Now that I'm shooting digitally, I can tell if it's in focus at least. But um, <laughs> it does it does take some time to know if I nailed it or not. And we we reshoot m- many times. Um, but back to your question about using Kiba as um, a model. So when I originally started this work, I'm trying to think back, I believe the work I was making right before that was self-portraiture. So I was doing quite a few self-portraits. And then um, I had this idea to use several figures in a scene. So when I first started shooting with Kiba, we would have like five to ten of her in the scene, many of them. And... While it was interesting to some degree, I felt like it was way too surreal. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until there were just two of her in a scene uh, that I really felt like I could talk about what I wanted to say about relationships and what I wanted to say about the self that's always evolving. Um, So oftentimes I'd get inspiration for this work from my own personal life but then sometimes it's from what I've read or just watching people in public interact um but using Kiba she really is uh acting so she's an amazing Mm -hmm. actor that uh takes direction well but also um naturally will come up with ideas uh, on her own and will just follow those for a while too Um, so she's like a conduit that I'm working my ideas through and the tone of the images really reflects more of my personality. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if we're both at an art opening together, uh, Kiba, uh, many people will go to her thinking she (laughs) made the work Mm -hmm. because she's in the work and my work reads as self-portraiture. So it's really fun to watch that interaction, but her personality is much more, uh, outgoing and bold and vivacious and I'm <laughs> much more shy and reserved and I think the tone of the images is is really uh, more in tune with how I am um, internally and externally presenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah so let's talk about your collection choices because you both selected pieces about relationships and other other um, subjects so Kiba yours of course does not include a human subject but it is about the stand-in of a human subject. Um, Can you tell us why you chose the Peter Cochran image to talk about today? Um, Sure. Um, Firstly, I did have, when I was looking through the collection and came across, initially it was the For Michael, just the print without the um, landscape included. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I liked it okay, but then when I saw the one that was for Michael underscore that had the the scene and all of the environment around the image. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really interesting because it kind of, uh, it reminded me of something from the Double Life series. Mm-hmm. And there was this one time that we were shooting at um, a place in Denton called Lake Ray Roberts. And we were on like a little peninsula of the lake and you could see across the water to the other side and there were trees that were it was fall. I, I'm, maybe it wasn't, but there were just leaves or branches, mm-hmm. um, sand, because it was a kind of beach area, but there was like a lot of sand. And it just kind of was familiar to me when I saw that image. And um, really that what attracted me to it besides that familiarity was the um, 
the sense of process. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, like, that's really important um, part of creating a, an image. And I feel like when he... Um, when he decided to include all of that environment in there, it just it kind of offered up like a sense of this like vulnerability or some mm-hmm. somehow about the artist and about his like just honesty about what he, how he wanted to be, how he wanted to present himself or how he wanted the image to be perceived by others, and I just really liked that. Um, yeah. That. Yeah, that was what first attracted me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. As I was preparing for this interview, I was looking in depth at Kelly's website, and I saw that you also have your process um, revealed on your website a little bit, where you have kind of outtakes and showing how you've collaged or cut together images, which I love too. And I know that's not your final piece at all, but I I appreciated that you were putting it out there for us to see that process, because I think initially people will just assume it's all done in Photoshop, and then there's not this like hand-cutting element that you were doing with film. Um, so I also love that about that piece. And um, for Michael is so interesting, too, because he is photographing about human subjects without putting the person in the picture. And so it's interesting that Kelly's photographing about herself without putting herself in the picture. So mm-hmm. that's like a surrogate yeah. kind of, I guess, yeah, I, I right. would be a stand in. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Let's hear about your choice, Kelly. Why did you choose Zachary Jucker and Reese Ernst? Um, what I really love about this photograph is how mundane it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a quick pass, if you were to just see the photograph, you might not even think that much of it. And I think that's the main point. Like, you, you would see it and think, here's two people enjoying a parade, and that's about all you would think as you are looking at the picture. Um, but when you look closer, you realize there's just a few small clues that might give some other information about the two individuals. Not much though, because their clothes are very neutral and uh, they don't have labels or other signifiers. Uh, They're actually sitting in a similar way. Both of them have their legs crossed. They're both wearing sunglasses. But if you look, uh, one chair is red, one chair is blue. there's a straw that's a hot pink straw in one person's drink, and uh, the woman is uh, wearing flats. Um, and what I like about the picture is it's just two people living their lives at a small town community parade. And I know that for um, Zachary Drucker and Reese Ernst, who began this project kind of when their relationship began, Um, They both were going through a transition um, where Reese Ernst was transitioning from female to male and Zachary Drucker was transitioning from male to female. And they worked together uh, on this work for six years without knowing that it would ever turn into a body of work. They honestly were just recording their lives, taking pictures as it was lived and documented as their bodies went through these um, pretty amazing changes. And so as they're figuring out how to, how their bodies are changing, um, it's interesting to me that photography, especially with a model in front of the camera, it is about performance and how we read photographs we read the performance, whether it is um, a staged picture or documented, there's still an element of performance going on. 
Um, so seeing something that looks so mundane and quick and believable as a real image, but knowing what they must be going through on the inside and knowing that for them to pass as a man and a woman sitting at a parade with um, no scrutiny or judgment from the community, small town community from which they are sitting in and partaking in, um, it's actually such a big moment for them, mm -hmm. for me. And um, yeah, that's yeah. what really struck me about it. I think there's an important part in your work too that we haven't addressed yet is about that it's a same-sex couple, right? So in, in in reading the images, like when we've had it on display in the museum before and it's been a while since we've had them up on the walls, but we show them in previews all the time. But when you have people who don't know anything about the work come in and see it at first, they're like, Oh, it's a it's images about like two women in a relationship, and and it's been a while, so I think people have gotten more used to seeing that represented in visual culture. Um, and then it takes a minute for them to process, like, oh, that's the same person. How is that made? But at first, I feel like there's a reaction to of just not seeing a lot of art made about um, relationships that aren't like sort of uh, heterosexual relationships. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about that? Um, I don't know, portion of your work that about sort of um, these kind of socially constructed notions of identity that is, I know, a part of your work? Yes. Um, so, yes, you're right. When people look at the work, they definitely see what they think is um, two women in a relationship. And um, it also reads, the longer you look at the work, that it might be oneself that has that's playing both roles. And what I like about um, both readings is that there's this shift that happens when you look at my work, especially if it's a solo exhibition or if you're looking at a book where there's several images because the viewer goes in thinking one thing, um, you know, here's two women in a relationship. One looks a little bit more masculine, one more feminine maybe, or hey, on this picture they're both feminine, or on this one there's mm -hmm they look both a little bit masculine, or you're, maybe you don't even think about how their gender is r represented. Um, but as it unfolds, you start to think, oh, wait a minute, they actually might be the same one person. And so then many of the viewers will go back and re-look at the work with fresh eyes. And that's what I think is r really important for me about the work is that it raises questions about sexuality, about gender, about relationships, about societal societal rules, about who we should be in relationships or how we should present ourselves, and um, allowing the one figure, Kiba, my model, to um, present different sides of herself, a more masculine or feminine side, or maybe I had an idea based on um, a man. It was, she was really acting out a male character, so she could do that. It just seems so free mm -hmm. and fluid and um, less about the rules and uh, labels and restrictions that our society often puts on others. Mm -hmm. I remember, I know, I guess because we have the privilege of working at the same college and, and knowing each other, but we had for a while in our Midwest Photographers Project a print that you later took out of the series of Keep Up Pregnant. Um, so I was hoping to ask you both questions about how the project has evolved with Kiba's life and how um, what you were talking about earlier about seeing yourself age in the images, um, how you feel about the, the series 
developing with your own life? Um, yeah, the, um, the, I think it was your MFA show in that the pregnant pictures were. Yeah, my entire MFA show was, uh, that was 2003, and all of the images had one figure of Kiba pregnant and one figure of her not. So from mm -hmm. the neck down, it was me mm -hmm. in every picture, oh. <laughs> which was a challenge. Besides the pregnant one. Right. Um, <laughs> but shortly after that, uh, a few months after that, I realized that actually after Kiba had her, her son, Alec, I did one shoot where mm -hmm. um, he was included. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. This work doesn't feel true to me. I don't know the experience of being a mother. I can ask Kiba and learn from her, mm -hmm. but I'm not a mother. Mm -hmm. And this work is more about uh, what I have to say about relationships and the self and then once we introduced Alec into, her son's name is Alec, once we introduced him into a scene, I was like, oh, no. So now there's going to be two of her, and we're following this little boy's <laughs> life. Yeah. So it uh, quickly I realized that um, we were going to have to edit all of those out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that just what comes to mind, the image comes to mind when we're talking about this, the MFA show, um, there's a picture I have of my mom holding Alec as a baby, and we were at Kelly's MFA show, mm -hmm. and it looks like he's looking at the picture of two moms holding him. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that that definitely, I guess, more spoke about something that was going on with my life yeah. in particular. I mean... Well, and we've known each other for a really long time. Like, Kiba has seen me and met many people I've been in relationships mm -hmm. in, with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and same thing with her mm -hmm. like uh we know a lot about each other's families and um uh just how our own lives have unfolded over time and i think that's brought us uh really close to one another and um it's been such an honor to be able to work with her but also as the projects evolved over time um, at the beginning, it was much, it was really about me trying to figure out how to navigate a new world where um, I was attracted to both men and women, but I didn't know how to get women to notice that I was attracted to women because mm -hmm. I look so um, heteronormative straight. So uh, I would think, you know, do I need to wear a baseball cap? Should I wear my jeans baggy? Like, what do I need to do so people will know? <laughs> so I just started to pay attention to people in public to figure out how that all worked. And um, so some of the earlier images are way more about that. And I think as I've... Um, my own understanding of who I am has evolved and the relationships I've been in have evolved. And just through time, cultures, uh, how society now really openly supports and accepts uh, gay relationships or non-heteronormative um, relationships, that's come a long way since this first started. Um, but now it's really important for me that as I'm now 45 and Kiba's 46, that it's important that we have um, a wide variety of expressions of women as they age. Mm -hmm. Because in art history, there's many examples of muses um, or women who are in their 20s mm -hmm. or teens, yeah. uh, maybe young 30s, but not so many examples when um, women get older. Mm -hmm. 
Sure, is this project, I hope, going to continue for many more years? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, uh, I mean, I've always told myself that if she ever doesn't want to do it, then mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. But um, we've actually been okay with the project unfolding slowly mm-hmm. because I know that uh, what I have to learn about life, um, kind of I need a year or two to live life and take no- note of a things that I want to communicate. So I'll just keep notes slowly. And then, you know, her body changes over time, just like my ideas of things change over Mm -hmm. time. And so we photograph with each other. Um, It's not regular like we used to photograph. It's actually Mm -hmm. more um, sparingly. Uh, But I think that that passage of time will make the work stronger as this project goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's usually, I think now about every like two years. One and a half or two years, yeah. yeah. And I've been working on a new project, so I've been a little bit slow photographing for Double Life. But I think once this new project wraps up, mm-hmm. then I'll have a lot more time mm-hmm. to shoot with Kiba more frequently. Because it is kind of exciting that it's almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We never, we never, neither one of no. us ever thought that. No. And it seemed to go by really fast, too. 20 years already. Mm-hmm. So the work that you're doing now is more teaching and with sculpture, right, and, and not photography, but you're still sort of making art. Is that true? Or? Uh, yes. I, I do three-dimensional work mm-hmm. now. I um, It kind of seems like what happened after I had Ellick and wasn't really doing uh, photography for myself, I was starting to do Ellick for myself. Mm-hmm. And so my focus and my priorities and everything kind of just switched. Um, I kind of still, in in the back of my mind, I, I feel like photography is my passion, mm-hmm. but um, I like to really work with my hands. And so clay and found object sculpture and assemblage and really just kind of um, ideas that I kind of bring to life through, you know, through a physical form is kind of what I, mm-hmm. what I do for myself now. Not like creating or showing work, just... Yeah. Um, Still making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that background but, in photography maybe helps you then be a better performer for the camera and then oh, you yeah. know oh, that yeah. other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that definitely helps because um, oftentimes I can let Kiba look through the viewfinder to see the scene. And mm-hmm. uh, she under, because she's a photographer, she really understands composition, but also sometimes back when we were shooting films, she would be um, finding the next roll of film or uh, undoing the tripod. Like she, she's mm-hmm. just like, um, she understands all aspects of what I'm doing, which um, really helps our working process. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a question for you, Kelly. Um, when Kristen said this earlier, I was like, "Oh no! Does that mean no more collages?" Mm. But oh, you would still, of, but you yeah. would still, because you're still shooting the one person and then still shooting the other person. So even though they're, it's digital, you'll still do the printing of them and then mm. doing the little I manipulated, know. like no, physical. It's a good, it's a good question. Collages. Mm-hmm. Kristen's shaking her it's head. It's a good yes. question. Yeah, I had it on my list too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, the truth is, the last time we photographed together, I did rent a digital format, um, digital medium format camera, and when I was uh, deciding which two uh, images to use for the final image, which two files to use, um, I was collaging those 
in Photoshop. So I was using the lasso tool, mm -hmm. quickly pulling one over to another layer, oh, yeah. making a picture. Then I would print it out and sit with it. Um, but, you know, I really did miss that exacto knife cutting and <laughs> sitting with each one. So who knows? Now that I um, have a, like, bought a digital medium format camera, which, you know, m maybe uh, many people might think I should have done that years ago, but I finally did. Anyway, um, I might print them out in hand collage because there is something about that by hand that's really fun. Yeah. And is the reception about the work changing now that Photoshop is so much more widely used when you started this project? I mean, we had it, but people weren't very good at it and it wasn't as um, popular. So <clears throat> now that everyone is using Photoshop and doing more of this digital manipulation, um, do people not react as strongly about like the wow factor of your craft? Because your craft is so impeccable. You would never know that you're stitching them together. Um, is that frustrating to you that now it's easier for people to do or does it matter? Um, well, you're right. When I first started this work, um, many people would want to talk about the Photoshop aspects of it. Even though when you look at the images, you really don't even think about Photoshop. And for me, it's much more important that the emotion or the um, drama or whatever's unfolding with the relationship is the key, not the aspect of it being Photoshop. Um, but over time, I know my work is used in many Photoshop classes as an <laughs> example of compositing. So um, many of my friends have even told me that they'd have a Kelly Connell assignment where, <laughs> where students are collaging, you know, two of themselves in an image. So I'll see those pop up on Instagram or mm -hmm. Facebook or other sites, actually, where uh, other students are, you know, learning how to do that. And that's really honestly a gift for me to know that my work is getting out there and that uh, students are spending so much time with it, not just technically, but hopefully digging in deeper to think about um, relationships and the evolving self. Mm -hmm. but thank you both for being here. This has been really great. Thank great. you, Kristen. Thanks so much, Kristen. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for listening to Focal Point. Focal Point is presented by the Museum of Contemporary Photography at Columbia College, Chicago, in partnership with WCRX-FM Radio. Special thanks to Matt Cunningham, Wesley Reno, and Sam White. Music is by Zavi. To see the images we discussed today, please visit mocp.org backslash focal point. You can also follow the museum on Facebook and Instagram at mocpshy and on Twitter at mocp underscore Chicago. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Focal Point anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you.